I can afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the producer's chair, as always, is Kyle Dotson. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm good. You are. I always like to tell people what you're wearing. You're wearing a, a Nightwing shirt. Yes. Today. That's, uh, that's Robin when he grows up. Yep. He, uh, he breaks free of Bruce Wayne and all his rules. Yep. And goes out rogue as Nightwing. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add to that? No, he, he moves to Bloodhaven. He moves to Blithaven. Is yeah. that a real place? Or is that no, made up for comic books? Made yeah. up. All right. Sounded like I said Bloathaven. No, Blo- that's where all the fat superhero, retired <laughs> yeah. superheroes go. Yeah. Bloathaven. Yeah. Hey, everybody. That, is that uh, in Connecticut? <laughs> <laughs> the voice you're hearing, folks, is uh, is Mr. Dweezil Zappa. How are you doing this morning, Dweezil? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are very excited to have you. I have um, I have been a Dweezil Zappa fan since uh, since your Having a Bad Day album came out. That's uh, a long time. That's what nineteen eighty six or eighty seven. Actually, like and before that came out, you were actually you were on uh, you were on MTV. I was doing some stuff on MTV. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember exactly how it all started. Mm-hmm. But it, there was something about um, they did a, a thing where um, on the Sunset Strip at mm-hmm. the time, you know, was all about metal bands right. and stuff like that. So they were doing some metal special on the Sunset Strip, and there was something going on, and I got invited to this thing, and there were some MTV producer people there, and they said, hey, you know, you want to think about maybe doing something on mm-hmm. camera? I was like, okay. But it was never a thing of like, wow, this is this would be some kind of a, a TV job yeah. or something. I just... Uh, you didn't aspire to it. They just yeah. fell in your lap. Yeah, and so, so I only ever did 12 weeks over a period of two years, uh-huh. which is a very small amount of time. People thought I was on there all the time. Yeah, it seemed like you were. Yeah, I, I just was on there a, a short period of time, just a couple of weeks here or there. I would go into New York, which I'm not a big New York person. Everybody yeah. loves the city, and it's, it's fine. It's right. just the, not my style, you know? You're a little more laid back. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, I, I like just being able to be uh, around less people and more quiet, <laughs> you know. Um, but because you grew you grew up here in California, yeah. born and raised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did MTV even know of you? Just th- through through the Zappa name? I really can't remember how it all came about, other than that uh, getting an invitation to that mm-hmm. thing yeah. uh, for the metal, whatever it was. Um, and then they and, saw you. They said, "Here's a good looking kid." They just well, they were looking for something that uh, that was gonna have because they already had all their their VJs right. at the time Martha Quinn mm-hmm. and um, Martha's been on the show yeah she's great and uh, all the other folks I, you know can't remember all of them at this point but um, but anyway they were looking for something that mm-hmm. had a, a younger generation yeah. at that time um, so but it was it was funny because I did some stuff on there that. Um, was sort of like the precursor to uh, Beavis and Butthead, right? Because there was there were times when there were videos that I would have to introduce or back announce or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, like you've just seen Lionel Richie dancing <laughs> on the ceiling for the millionth time. <laughs> you know, and it was stuff uh, that was sarcastic, yeah. and they they didn't like that. You know, so and I didn't like 
I couldn't just just do the straight stuff. Yeah, it was not very interesting to me. So mm-hmm. at a certain point, it just became something that was not worth doing anymore. But the the uh, it, the funny part was that. I would say certain things, and there would be some guy that was his job was just to burn the segments. Like if I said something <laughs> that uh, he didn't like, he'd go burn, you know. And so then I'd have to redo it. I'm like, oh. yeah. But uh, anyway, it was uh, it was just it was just when it came time to making comments about yeah. stuff, they were kind of okay with certain comments about uh, the music videos, mm-hmm. but they didn't like it if it extended into advertising campaigns, right. like you know. This one's brought to you by Seven Up. Feels so good coming down. What does that mean? You know, like I, I would just ask questions about stuff, and you know, they didn't like that. Well, what's funny is uh, what did make it to air. I really gravitated toward because I, I thought I'm like, oh, this guy has a great sense of humor. So I, I wish I would have seen what didn't make it to air. I would have liked that even better. Oh yeah, there, there was there was stuff all the time that they would not allow but th- i did get away with some stuff like i had my dad on which was mm-hmm. pretty cool and uh <clears throat> there was a video i can't remember the artist but in the video the end of the video somebody uh is hung from the gallows okay. you know so it's like was you, it iron maiden or crocus or it, something it, it wasn't even you know right. it, it was some other unexpected you know but but anyway like you you see some guy uh, get executed, you know, and it's like, well, this is really uplifting. Uh, but uh, my dad said, kids, don't try this at home unless you're a Republican. Then do it every day. <laughs> That's you know? great. So that kind of stuff was just shocking that it made it to the you know airwaves. Yeah. What did uh, what did your dad think about MTV? Uh, he wasn't a huge fan of yeah. it per se. I mean. The thing that kids today don't realize mm-hmm. is that before there was this music presentation, right. music was a, an event all in of itself. I yeah. mean, you would, you would line up practically to buy a record. You'd get excited about yeah. this thing. You'd take it home. You'd listen to it. You'd imagine what all of these things were like in your own head. Yeah. You didn't have you know videos to, to describe right. it for you on the screen. So... That kind of uh, music appreciation and listening experience is not something that is familiar to younger no. generations at all. And it's such a shame because yeah. uh, that's, that's where it kind of all went wrong, really, with, with music is, is that it, it became such that you had to have a visual element all the time. Right. And so if somebody looks a certain way, then you're influenced by... You know what their actual ability is, yeah. whether they're actually performing the part that you're seeing or not. You know, and some of these videos are so indelible. Like I can't hear song. Like I can't hear Van Halen's "Jump" without that video. Yeah. just in my head. It's a cool video, but yeah. I can't. I can't not see that video. It's really weird. Yeah, I mean that. That's the thing about music too, though, is that it, it's the only art form that has this sort of inexplicable ability to attach itself to your life Mm -hmm. in in memories and all this stuff people know what they did based on hearing a song you know for a a happy event or Mm -hmm. a sad event or or whatever it's the song and the music that was playing can bring back the memories and that's why Mm -hmm. they use it in movies for the to bolster the emotional content there's no other thing like it like music music. yeah it's it's an incredible thing but yet it's so devalued Mm -hmm. 
uh, now that, I, that is, people yes, it is people don't even want to pay for it. No. You know? So somebody will spend $3 for a fart app on their phone, <laughs> but they won't buy a song. I know. It's crazy. What, um, yeah, I think music's perfect. I tell, I always say music's perfect. Cause like you can, like you can do other things while you're listening to music. You can be at the beach. You can do your taxes. You can wash the dishes. You can do anything while you're listening to music. You can't, you can't watch a movie at the beach. I mean, you can, but you know what yeah. I mean? You just, it's not going to, you know. But the thing about that too is that music, it can be in the background, but it can also be, for some people, it's the thing they want the most in the foreground. That's yes. like they want all the details. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, basically, I mean, it's generations mm-hmm. of, of, of people that are dying out in that way, yeah. that where, where that's the main focus i mean there there isn't a music appreciation class in in uh in schools and and so you have this situation where you have kids that don't know that much about the history of music so a good example of it is uh, a friend of mine is a teacher at one of these music recording places Mm -hmm. and so so much stuff these days is about djs and and so they have absolutely no idea about what it takes to actually write or record or play music so you have these kids coming in thinking that they're all badass and know everything about music production. And so my friend told me this one kid uh, pointed to his, his buddy and he said, hey, look, that's what they used to use to make drum sounds. And it was a drum kit. <laughs> it's, a drum kit. it's like they still use them. Yeah. Yeah. You idiot. Yeah. What the, that kid's a Beavis and a Butthead kid, I think. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey dude. <laughs> Look, that's what they used to use to make drum sounds, dude. It's so stupid, but I mean, those kind of um, those kind of things are so prevalent now, and to a certain degree, it's not that generation's fault, you know, because they they're just exposed to what they're exposed to, right. and they don't they don't know. But this day and age, some of the biggest selling acts, the biggest tours, are DJs. It's a yeah. guy in a computer, yeah, pressing a couple buttons. Yep, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Flying on a private jet to his next gig. I don't get it. I mean, and what did that guy actually create? Is he just, he's creating like a... A, a playlist. Yeah, a playlist. It's like, it's like saying, hey, I'm really good at word processing. Watch me take this paragraph and move these sentences around. <laughs> awesome. Give me $50 million, yeah. you know? Well, that's what, uh, that's what Dave Grohl says. He says he hates these, he hates like the voice. He hates all these shows he goes you need to get your instrument you need to get your friends you need to go in the garage and you need to play and suck for a long time until someone goes says hey you guys are getting good and i also i love this quote by joe walsh he says he he said uh i still think i suck he was like they still think i'm no good well the thing about it is if you are a musician that is really respectful of all of the things that have come before you, yeah. you're going you're gonna to have this uh, notion about how you fit into the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And so a guy like Joe Walsh, who is obviously very talented, yes. but he's, he's got that, uh, that perspective to say, mm-hmm. you know, I want to keep getting better at what I do, yeah. you know, and he, he's not a guy that's like, I know it all, you know. Yeah. So you get some people with the arrogance of youth or mm-hmm. whatever come in thinking, I have no influences. Everything I do is, uh, you know, super original. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's they're, they're inspired by the fourth generation of something that was inspired by something from the right. 60s, you know. So it's, it, it's all these weird elements that it just goes down to sort of musical ignorance, yeah. you know, and it's an unfortunate side effect of, of it just not being 
appreciated uh, in, or people getting the exposure for right. stuff. Because, you know, it, it used to be that you would get a record deal based on musical ability. Yeah. Uh, but then it became on what the band looks like. Right. You know? What and, can we sell? Yeah. And so uh, the whole branding thing and all that stuff. Uh, but when it really comes down to it in this day and age, music, like we were saying before, it's it's been so devalued mm-hmm. that uh, all of the, the income streams for musicians mm-hmm. are, are basically dried up. You know, it right. used to be that you would get money from uh, publishing for songs. And so only the biggest acts that are getting airplay and, yeah. and selling some records still have a, a stream of income from something like that. Uh you know, if you're a, a, a smaller band and you're selling, you know, two thousand to five thousand or ten thousand CDs, mm-hmm. you're not making any publishing money. No, the only way you're going to make some money is if you go on tour. Yeah, and then if you try to sell your CD at the the, the venue, they're going to take a big bigger percentage from your CD than they would for a T-shirt. So yeah. you're really in the business of selling T-shirts. Yeah, which is pathetic. It is. Well, let me ask you something about why, why can't we find. Dweezil Zappa music on iTunes. There's no, Z isn't on there. No, uh, uh, there's some the stuff that three. just went up recently, uh, and it's been really just that uh, I haven't had any real interest or focus in mm-hmm. uh, in dealing with. Uh, I'm I'm really just not an iTunes person. Yeah. You know, I never, almost never go on there. Well, couldn't you uh, couldn't you sa- sell the MP3s off like your personal website? Couldn't you? Yeah, do that? all that stuff is now becoming uh, possible. You yeah. know, uh, with technology changing and uh you know at the end of the day uh, to sell anything you have to find an audience that wants to right you know so even if my stuff is on itunes doesn't mean anyone's going to find it on there you know it's like you might uh you might find it if you do a, a quick google search or whatever but i just i did even just phys- even your physical cds are out of print yeah yeah, there's well, nothing. Dweezil, you got to get this music back out there. Well, you know, the thing is, I just started making a record. Oh, I mean, I'm almost done with it. Uh, the first one in 10 years. Yeah. But, um, and so that one, I I, I think I'll, I'll make an effort to, to have people uh, be aware that it right. exists. But, uh, you know, the other stuff... Um, it's probably due for an upgrade, like, you know, remixes or yeah. remastering or, or stuff like that. So there's just not enough time in the day to, to deal with it all. I don't have a staff of people. I'm not on a label. Get one guy to stuff. do it. Let's get one. Just get one guy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of <laughs> tough, you know. Um, well, yeah, it was just it's just uh, it is. I mean, I was like, you know, I went to iTunes to look for some Z stuff. Because yeah. I, I had those albums. Yeah. And then my my external hard drive crashed. And I lost, I lost like twenty thousand songs. It was crazy. Yeah, so, that, that's the problem. You know, even so, take that example and mm-hmm. then look at what it's like to archive music in general. Yeah. Like my father's catalog. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, not. That has to be one of the biggest music catalogs of any artist ever. Yeah, I don't think there's any any match to it in no. terms of personal musical output but the thing about it is but his stuff is on itunes frank's stuff is on yeah iTunes. only recently though because yeah. there was there was a long battle over that um uh, for battle. 20 years but anyway the the thing about it is uh in terms of archiving mm. there is no format that will last as long as analog tape 
Yeah. You know, so you talk about your hard drive dying. So if you have, let's say there's a thousand tapes in the, in the tape vault. This and, is tech talk with yeah. Weasel Zappa. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to archive these yeah. things every couple of years mm-hmm. onto either whatever the newest hard drive kind of format is. But see, all of these things came from analog tapes to begin with. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, the tape formulation disintegrates and you can't play the tapes anymore. Right. You have to, so, what do they say? You have to bake yeah, them? Yeah, you have to bake them so the oxide sticks back on, on I don't even know what that means. I just yeah. know from music documentaries yeah. that there'll be a, a producer there and he'll go, yeah, we, had to bake, we found them and we had to bake them. Yeah, but you ha- it's, like, it's like putting them in a food dehydrator. Mm-hmm. It's a very low heat for mm-hmm. a long period of time. But the thing about it is... Uh, it's like you hear about when people paint the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time you get across to one side, you're, you're the other side to, needs painting. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it again. Yeah, and so that's the same thing with all of these thousands of tapes in the tape vault. Mm. So at some point, you know, if you if you make a generation to generation tape of of analog, you add hiss and noise and, yeah. and all that stuff to it. But that's the one thing that will last thirty, forty years. Yeah. Except for the fact that the tape industry kind of went out of business, and now they have bad formulations. And if you have a, a vault that is filled with these tapes, if you need to make copies of them, you need a building twice the size. You know, so it's like this crazy thing that happens, and that's just with Frank's catalog. So uh, imagine all of these record companies that have the back catalogs of all these artists. Mm-hmm. You know, where are these tapes? They're all in some crazy warehouse, probably in the valley somewhere. And uh, disintegrating, and nobody cares about them. Like, oh, let's just take a CD and just copy that back onto something. That'll be fine for the master. Yeah, and that's basically what happens to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. The um, by the way, I'm coming. I'm uh, I'm creating an app that will uh, a phone app that will paint the Golden Gate Bridge. That's that, what I'm actually working on right now. That'd be awesome. Um, what? Uh, let's. I want to play something. Let's play. Uh, do you want to play a little clip from the new record that's coming out? Yeah, we could. When is this coming out? What? Tell me. It's, how, did you finance this through um, through pledge? Yeah, pledge, pledge okay. music. It's basically. It, it was interesting because I'd never really known anything about pledge, but yeah. uh, I ended up meeting uh, one of the guys that founded it, and uh, he was telling me all about it. And you sound like a guy that very much keeps to himself. I don't. I don't get out much. It sounds like you're just <laughs> you're comfortable in your own space. And uh, and you just do your own thing. You're you're a very independent person, is what I'm. I'm well, yeah, pretty much. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I mean, I don't. Do you and the guys play poker every Thursday? No, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I have I have a few friends of mm-hmm. mine that uh, are people that I've known for a long time, yeah. but I never see them. Are they musicians? Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I do a lot of touring. So yes, I'm, I'm uh, gone three to five months out of mm-hmm. every year, or at least that's been the case for the past uh, uh, ten years. But um, so you know, when I'm home, I like to spend time with my wife and kids, right. and pretty much that's it. And that that's cool. It's just yeah. like when you're talking about like I've never heard of this. And yeah. I never. Yeah. What's well, this? What's in this bottle? That's bottled water. I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. What's this? What's this mint flavor? What's mint? Uh, <laughs> well, I interrupt you. Go yeah, continue but, with the pledge. Uh, anyway, so what I found out about it was that it's not really so much that you are trying to get people to finance something. Right. It's that pledge offers people this this great opportunity. And if this existed when I was a kid, I would have thought this was the most amazing thing ever. You you basically get 
to pre-order the album, mm -hmm. and when you do that, you are able to see videos of the making of the album right. and get updates of, of what's happening. And so when I decided to do it this way, we were trying to make sure we would give people some good content, mm -hmm. see what's happening. So from the moment that the uh, record started going into production, there were updates and videos and things, uh, you know, like within two minutes of like, okay, today's day one, you know, here you go. So cool. And so that whole thing was really appealing to me because I thought of it as if, if I was a kid and I got to see a Beatles record being made or a Van Halen record yeah. or something, I would have thought that was just the coolest thing ever. And so in some ways, there's some cool technology now that, that gives you access to things that, you know, really would never have happened before. Right. And that's, that's how I look at this pledge thing, not so much as the financing, but as a here's this thing where you get to offer this this cool insight into the thing, and we're making a, a little mini documentary about the making of the record, nice. which I've never done before because I never had the budget uh, to mm -hmm. do anything like that. And uh, anyway, the 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 process also made it so that the record just had this kind of uh, this feel that. Anything can happen at any time, you know. So if you, if you run into somebody and they're good at something, you say, "Oh, let me bring that person in and put them on the record," you know. So that's that's what makes this record very much different than anything else. It, it had a framework, but then the way it all gets colored in was just kind of at random, you know. We could uh, really do anything we wanted, and um, one of the songs that's on the record and one that we should play a part of is uh, is uh, called. Uh, Dragon Master, and this is the only one that I ever co-wrote with my dad. He he handed me these lyrics in 1988, and he said, "You should write some music to this." And and they were these ridiculous metal lyrics. And uh, so I said, "Okay." I I ended up um, doing a version of it in the 90s, but we never released a, uh -huh. a version of it. And I completely rewrote it for this record. But what it is is a full homage to the world of classic metal. Okay, cool. And uh, so there's a bit of humor in it, but mostly it's like dead serious metal. Uh, so we'll, we can't play the whole song, but this is a uh, uh, this is the only one on the record that's been completely mixed from top to bottom. So let's have a listen. Okay, now when you when you want uh, when you want Kyle to to stop playing, just point sure. at him. Yeah. Um, no what, do you know what track it is? Because these don't have names. Yeah, um, I actually don't because they uh, they in my car they come up ha having names, so I don't know uh, which track number is it in your car. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna guess that it's uh, track uh, six or seven, but okay. I'll tell you right away. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> go next, to the next one. Just next go one. Yeah, here it is. Oh, okay, cool. And this is called Dragon Master. Rock Solid Exclusive is what I'm calling it. Should we jump ahead to you're cool, okay. Yeah. This is where you wake up the dragon, man. <laughs>
singing on this? A guy named Sean Albro. Sounds very much like Dio on this. Is that the intent? That's his cousin. There you go. How much have we played so far, Kyle? Don't worry. 1.30. Get ready. You got to get to the chorus. Okay. Pretty cool, Dragon Master. I noticed. Uh, I just uh, brought up the pledge site, and uh, you have uh, you've reached one hundred and forty eight percent. Yeah, of we, your goal, we have, and and that's been uh, with a, a a limited amount of people. Really, it's it's just that's what's cool about mm-hmm. um, pledge is that what it attracts are the people that are really the the people that really support yeah. the artists that they really like. So. Uh, they like the fact that there's an opportunity to get something different than just, you know, uh, a ticket or uh, a record. You right. get you get these other things. So uh, in the pledge campaign, you have these other items like you can get your name in the liner notes, or you can have handwritten lyrics, or you can have all of the presets in my fractal audio thing, which is what I play the guitar through. And uh, you can there's all these little things that uh, make it. So people just connect even further with mm-hmm. the music and with the, with the artist, and that's what is great about Pledge Music. And one of the incentives here, I'm just seeing this now, is the Dweezil Zappa back catalog download. You yep. get Confessions of a Deprived Youth, automatic, and go with what you know. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, there you go, people. I was just saying it's not out there. Go over to uh, Pledge Music and thirty five bucks, you can get all that. Yeah, it's a deal. Why not? Let's play something uh, from the first uh, album. So this is much different from the song we just heard. This is the first. uh, You did a video for the song. Moon sings on it. Your sister. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And that's the name of the song, folks. And we will talk about it. Uh, But let's hear a little bit. uh, This sounds totally different from what we just heard. Yeah, this is. uh, I was uh, 16 when I made this record. Um, Produced by your dad. Yep. Let's hear it. Very political for a 16-year-old. Yep. We all die. Nothing we can do. Talking about what everybody's talking about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about it. Scream and shout. There's a great solo in here. I don't know when it, it might be coming up. Yeah, it's probably after the next chorus. Yeah. Let's hear that solo. Keep going, Kyle. Right, they to be seen. Far, I 
I like that a 16-year-old calls his album Having a Bad Day. You have some tough days at 16, Dweezil? Yeah, man, it was tough. <laughs> In the video, Moon is dancing all around. Dweezil's playing guitar. And we'll talk about some celebrity cameos in this video. Yeah. I thought I had the solo queued up. Let's, it's coming up soon. There might be a bridge before it, though. Yep. So it's after this. How do you feel when you hear this song? I remember uh, making the record um, and, you know... And having it be the first time that I was ever uh, making a full record. Yeah. The, the first thing I ever recorded was a song called My Mother's a Space Cadet, and I was 12. Right. I've only been playing guitar for nine months. Here we go. Yeah. Crank this up a little bit. Solo time. Talking a little bit with this hand. I'm kind of, my left hand is, I'm all over the fretboard. Yeah. It's crazy. I am so good. As a musician, do you remember the solo? Like if someone said, hey, can you play the solo from. I could figure it out. Yeah, but well, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Pretty funny, though. I mean, for, for 16 years old, it was. Uh, wasn't a bad effort for guitar playing. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Here, and here's who's in this video. Uh, Jane Fonda. Yep. Daphne Zuniga. Uh-huh. Robert Wagner. Yep. Uh, Frank Zappa. Uh-huh. Charlie Sexton. Yep. And I can't... It's probably Don Johnson. Don Johnson, He hits yeah. the... Uh, what do they call the, the, the clapboard? What's yep. it called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The slate. The slate. Now, you're also in Don Johnson's Heartbeat video. Yep. Do you play on the album, or were you just I in the video? I play on the album, but I don't play on the song I'm in the video for. Okay. I played on a song called Last Sound Love Makes, which is a strange title. Um, That's a ballad, I think, isn't uh, it? Is that a ballad? It, it kind of is, yeah. That Heartbeat song is pretty cool. I, I still like that song. You know, the, the thing is, uh, it, it, the video gets uh, the, the, the award for like one of the worst videos ever made, apparently. Some, some people have voted it uh, very, very highly. There's some worse videos yeah. than that. I, I think so. But, um, but it, was, uh, it was at a time when um, Miami Vice was super popular. Yeah. And uh, Don Johnson used Philip to— Michael Thomas had a record, too. And I, I remember, played on that. I remember the video, though. The, there was a video that he made, and it had one of the most preposterous things I had ever seen, ever. I mean, to this day, I don't think there's anything more... Uh, Less preposterous than having a pet alligator on the show, Miami Vice? Uh, it's, it's... No. I mean, this is, this is more preposterous. Okay, let's hear it. And so he's, he's singing, and it's kind of like a slow jam ballad mm -hmm. kind of thing. And at some point, he... His face is superimposed in this, uh, there's a silhouette of a pregnant woman, and his face is in the pregnant woman's belly. He's like singing, you know, and, and it's like, 
It's like a full-grown Philip Michael Thomas singing in a pregnant woman's that, belly. That might, not, that might be why that album didn't sell it. Yeah, I, that just was a real head-scratcher. Yeah. I just thought, wait a minute. I think that Don Johnson album sold like a million copies. It did well. Yeah. Uh, and he had Stevie Ray Vaughan on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Maybe Paul uh, Schaefer might have been on it? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I know Bonnie Raitt was on it. Uh, so when I did the, the solo, um, I went to... Miami, and he was filming Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve Ray Vaughn's equipment was still in the studio. He okay. had played the day before, and I remember picking up his his guitar and and just thinking, "How does he even play this thing?" Because the <laughs> the action was so high, you know, the strings were so high above the fretboard, uh-huh. and they were they were like cables, you know, the the heaviest strings I'd ever seen. So to hold those down, you would have to really have some strong oh, fingers. Oh, man, I couldn't, there, I couldn't even bend a, a note, even a half well, step. You were a child, Dweezil. Yeah. You can't this, do that. Th- but even now, I still, my fingers just don't callous. So, yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can't use really heavy strings like mm-hmm. that. But that, that was pretty crazy. Um, so that was, it was cool to, to be a part of it. But see, he was dating Pamela DeBar, who was a friend of my mom. Mm-hmm. So at, when we were kids... I don't have a lot of recollection of this, but he was around. Mm-hmm. And then so years later, it, you know, it was like, oh, I'm on this show now. Hey, let's see if Frank wants to come and be on Miami Vice. And, and then he asked me to be part of, you know, the record he was doing. So it was it was just... Was it weird uh, miming a solo that you didn't actually play on? Uh, it was a little strange, but and, I, and, I liked that solo. I yeah. thought the guitar playing was good. And were you just in the, the video just because you were, your face was known? I think, you know, Don just said, hey, you want to be in this video? And I said, okay. <laughs> all right. You know, it was. What, um, and all the people that were in, the, in your, in your uh, talking about it video, were those all family friends? Uh, for the most part, You yeah. dated Robert's daughter for a time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Katie Wagner, she was in there. But Robert Wagner is in all of my videos. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Look at so that. There's the, some trivia for us. That's, that's the funniest part is that um, he's constantly in a cameo of, of, you know, in one video that we made for a That's going to be our trivia question when we give away the uh, Go With What You Know CDs. Okay. That I hope you'll sign for us. Sure, sure. That's going to be the trivia. Because that means people will have to at least have listened up to here. Yeah, well, um, the thing is, uh, my one of my favorite things uh, that we got him to do was um, in the video for the song "Gotta Get to You" mm-hmm. from the record "Confessions." Um, I had this idea of like, well, we gotta get the HR Puffin stuff costume, like the real one. You <laughs> sure, know? why not? Uh, so, and then we gotta Certainly. make you know make it just appear in this video. And then uh, we got to make Robert Wagner wear it, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, but the thing that was so crazy was uh, just trying to find out where that thing existed, you know, like r- reaching out to Sid and Marty Croft and was like, do you guys have this costume still? We're wearing it right now. Yeah, it was just <laughs> one of those things because I, I liked the idea that it, it could have been that, you know, all these years go by. And that there's some secret like bat phone that's covered in dust kind of thing, but it's it's the HR Puffin stuff phone, and so like this guy has just been sitting in a room for like 30 years, you know, eating whatever, and you know, chained to a wall eating dog food, and the the phone lights up, and he picks it up, and he he just answers it, and. Here's suit up, buddy. <laughs> you know, and it's like they finally have to pull this thing out of the. Oh, yeah. 
So that was the, the thing is like uh, apparently most of the the stuff from Sid and Marty Croft yeah. uh, burned down in a you know some sort oh, that's of that's sad you know but that thing still existed and and we got it, mothballs and all that stuff we got that thing it just it stunk horribly and uh, but RJ he, he wore put it that on thing. yeah he wore it that is insane yeah. What um, see? This is the sense of humor, Kyle, that I like from this Dweezil Zappa. This quirky, this this is the kind of you grew up with. This kind of quirky sense yeah. of humor. What was it like? Here's what I think about. In were you homeschooled? Uh, not exactly, but it, like uh, I have, I have a picture of what it was like growing up, Zappa. Uh, well, uh, I'd like to hear that. Well, I think I, well, you just, I, I thought, okay, they're all homeschooled and they get to just run free, but they still have, they still have some chores around the house. They're not just able to do whatever they want, but, uh, you know, if one of them wants to sleep in a tree house, they can, it's fine. This is all the things I think about. Yeah. Well, we didn't have a tree house. Sorry to disappoint you. But, uh, only one thing I had wrong. Uh, well, the thing is I, I went to uh, private school and mm-hmm. also went to public school. But okay. the last uh, years of school, I'd say I went to um, a school in the Valley okay. uh, that was called Walter Reed. That was like the last bit of like junior high. So what happened was there was a kid in a homeroom class that started doing cocaine in the class. I was like, oh, what is uh, up with this? So I, I, I mentioned something to you know the, the guidance counselor or whatever. Mm-hmm. It turns out the kid's like dealing or, or doing something, you know, and then like he gets he gets busted. And uh, then I start getting all these threats like, hey, man, you know, because uh, you're the narc. Yeah. And uh, so I was immediately pulled out of school at that point, mm-hmm. And I uh, I took um, the high school proficiency test. OK. And I was done with school. And, oh, great. You know, and then I, uh, you know, I studied other things that were interesting to yeah. me. Uh, and there was a bit of homeschooling at that point, uh, which uh, we created a school because at that time you had to have some kind of a, uh, an actual school yeah. uh, for the California school board and all that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, there was a school that was um, located at our home, which was called the Beigemont Academy. <laughs> and where did that name come from? <laughs> Just from Frank, you know, because... Uh, you know, anything that uh, was uh, basically sort of, uh, you know, milk toast, whatever, whatever had to conform right. was beige to him. <laughs> so the Beige Mont Academy. I like hearing that. Mm-hmm. What um, uh, now in interviews, you, you uh, did you call your mom and dad by their first names? Uh, yeah, we did. You did. Yeah. And was that um, well, if you grow up with that, that's just normal. Yeah, I mean, that's their names. Well, true. <laughs> you never called them mom and dad? Not that I really recall. What do your kids call you? Uh, they do call me dad, but they'll, they'll say my name sometimes, which is hilarious, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think all kids at one point, a couple of times will go, hey, Pat, what? what? what, what do you, don't call me that. I'm dad. Mm-hmm. But um, all right, that's interesting. It's not odd. It's just yeah. interesting because I, whenever I read an interview with you, you always call your dad Frank. But I, but, and then that made me think, well, I, I wonder if he called him Frank. I, I did, uh, but it's also in interviews. It's 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 just a, a little bit easier and more true, you know, and clear reference. I have another question. The, the name Zappa is that like, Sicilian? I, I I never I never run into anyone with that name. Yeah, uh, like it's not like a name. I just never hear that name. So you I don't didn't know. Yeah. So it's like it's so I, it's such an iconic name. It's kind of like Van Halen almost because you never I never run into any Van Halens either. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but 
Zappa is an uh, it's a Sicilian name. It, it wasn't changed. It wasn't shortened. No, and so uh, within the last couple of years, we actually there was a documentary um, that was made where we we traced our family mm. roots to this small mountain village in Partinico, Sicily, mm-hmm. and so we found the place where uh, my father's family emigrated from, and it was this tiny little house. I mean, it's like not much bigger than this, the corner of this room that we're, wow. you know, and um, it, this is a, a, a virtually unchanged mountain village uh, uh, in Sicily. Uh, and so my dad got to visit there one time uh, to, to see this place, uh, and that was in the early 80s. So it really hadn't even come into the modern world. You know, he, he said it wasn't even third world. It was fourth world, <laughs> you know. And uh, so when we went, it, it, it has a lot of the modern things that, uh, that people have. But there, people still go to the, the fountain in the public square to fill up water jugs, wow. you know. And anyway, the cool thing about it was that these people um, – that uh, live there have some, you know, excitement over the fact that uh, Frank and his family came from there. And we went there and we met a bunch of other people with the last name Zappa. All these people we didn't ever even know about. And you're you know? like, this is insane. It was cool. We got to meet all these these uh, people and see how far back uh, the, the family history went and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but... The street that the house was on was called Via Zamata, and that's the name of my record, you know, because that experience was so cool to be able to go and see where all that stuff happened. But yeah. They've since renamed that street Via Frank Zappa. You <laughs> that's know? cool. So that was a cool thing. I got to go. Uh, the unveiling. Yeah, of the, well, they had this like little parade where they, they played Frank's music with a marching band uh, that was a local uh, group of musicians and they're just playing Frank's music through the streets and, and it's this little Sicilian village. It was awesome. That's so, that is, that is, uh, that's gotta be great. That's yeah, gotta be so cool. The, it was one of the, the coolest things. It really is, uh, strange to, mm-hmm. to be able to have that experience. Let's play a song. I want to play a song that, uh, that your dad wrote that's on your second album. Uh, my guitar wants to kill your mama. Yeah. And that's the title. That's the song we're going to play. Now this album, uh, uh, this album was on Chrysalis Records. Yep. They were trying, I think they, and it was produced by Bo Hill, who produced the Rat albums and yep. among other things. So at that point, did you want to be like uh, a sunset metal type dude? Well, the thing is, this is probably 1988, mm-hmm. and um, still at that time, metal was probably the most popular style yeah, absolutely. of music. Uh, and Poison so, and all those bands were all over MTV. Yeah, and I grew up uh, wanting to play music. You know, I started playing when I was 12, so that's around 1982. And and, and were so, you given a guitar or did you ask for a guitar? I was given a guitar when I was about six, but I just didn't really know what to do with it. Right. You know? So I picked it up when I was 12, and I started trying to learn um Eruption and all that kind of stuff straight away. Uh, you eventually mastered Eruption. I've seen yeah. YouTube videos of that. It's uh, incredible. It took a long time, you know. Uh, but the thing about it is, when I was, um, you know, inspired to play music, I, I listened to my dad's music growing up. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was amazing, but mm-hmm. I thought, this stuff's way too hard. I got to find something else to start with, you right. know. 
So I, I was listening to Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen, and that stuff's not easy by any stretch. No, you know? it's it's hard, but. But there was something about it that was similar to me in the sense that... There's a real complexity to your dad's music. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like I don't want to say... How do I, how do I say this? Not, I don't want to be... Like, like, I tell people, I don't know that I'm uh, smart enough to enjoy some of Frank's music. It's so complex. Well, it's there's, so... There's, and sometimes it feels like a chore sometimes to listen to some of it. But there's does, over, does that make sense without being... Well, there's, there's over 80 albums, so yeah. it depends on where you get into it. Right. You know, and that, that makes a... Um, it's like saying, you know, hey, um, you need to learn some math. Let's start with calculus instead of... Exa- like, yes, you know, you that's don't, a perfect way to put it. I feel like it, it, I'm jumping right into calculus sometimes when I jump into a Frank Zappa album. It, it can be that yeah. way. Uh, depends on, on where you start. So if you, if you find the right avenue in, mm-hmm. then you, you, you are uh, accustomed to uh, what he's doing. Because you know, mm-hmm. he has this, throughout all of his records, there's some sort of thematic coherence. Mm-hmm. Like they all have some connection to each other. And there's this whole uh, world within that. Because you know, he, he sort of described his music as all being part of one big note. It's all... Connected all of these eighty plus albums that he made with all the completely different, you know, classical rock, jazz, mm-hmm. uh, whatever he was doing, you know, for him there was a through line uh, to to the whole thing. And so, depending on where you you sort of start, you you can start seeing some of the guideposts mm-hmm. for for what that is, and then it makes more sense. Gotcha. But, well, let, let's hear uh, let's hear my guitar wants to kill your mom. But this is a super uh, like heavy metal version that's nothing like the version like his version did you dweezilized it yeah this is like an 80s metal version of it absolutely Steve Smith from Journey playing drums on this, or is this a this different is, Steve Smith? Uh, is it Steve on this track? Yes, or is it? According, if I'm to believe Wikipedia, it says this yeah, is Steve on it, this track. It probably is. Well, he played on four or five songs. Yeah, and, and Terry Bozio played on some songs. And then Bobby Blotzer on played one. on... Uh, from Rat. Bobby yeah. from Rat. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's the Steve Smith from Journey, who's now more of a jazz drummer. Yes. Uh, he's great. He is He, he is amazing. And uh, who else is on this album? Amit's on there. Fiona. Yep. Uh, how do you say Scott's last name? Tunis. Tunis? Yep. See, I always want to say tunes or thunes. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say Scott it wrong. Tunis. It's not tuna. Yeah. No, very close, though. Um, let's jump into uh, your third album then. Uh, Confessions. Is that you on the album cover? Yep. Uh, it is you? At uh, about five years old. Now, that's you uh, growing up in the Zappa hippie compound in the, that I imagine well, in my head? There's really, I mean, hippie <laughs> is probably the wrong word because obviously if you if you are familiar with my dad's yes. music, he made so much fun of the hippies. Yes, I know. Uh, so it's the, the opposite of hippies. And so. your dad was a, anti-drug. 
Yeah, totally. And that's how you guys were raised? Yeah, I've never taken a drug or been drunk or smoked a cigarette or done any of that stuff. You know? Let me tell you something. I'm looking right at you, and I can tell you the same thing about me, except I've, I, I drink a little alcohol now and yeah. then. But never drug, never smoked anything. Yeah. No cigars at a bachelor party, no, never a cigarette, none of that stuff. That, I, I don't understand how anybody thinks that's a good idea. I don't, think, I don't understand that either. And, and, and are your siblings the same way? Yeah, nobody ever got in. Uh, that's the thing that's so funny is that, that people just imagine, oh, man, these kids with the crazy names right. and the dad who's, right. who's, you know, they all just have this idea that he's some wild man, you know, whack job. And, uh, uh, but none of us ever ended up right. in rehab like, you know, right. so many other Hollywood families and, and whatnot. And I did, know, I, did, I did know that about it. So that wasn't, that wasn't in my head. Yeah. When I, when I, I use the term hippie as a yeah. joke. As a joke. Mm -hmm. But... Um, uh, that's good. Good. I like to hear that. Yeah, it's funny because some sometimes people will say, "Hey, man, you know uh, how long you've been sober? Uh, 45, <laughs> Forty-five years." years. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, somebody that's somebody will great. say, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" I'm like, "No, thanks." Oh yeah, how long you've been sober? Like, yeah, right. I, I don't drink. I don't. Yeah. You know, it's so. why 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 is it why can't you just live that way? Why do people? It's I mean, look, when, so I say, when I say I have a drink, it's like, you know, again, if, we, if we're having a barbecue, I have a beer, you know, my, mm -hmm. we go out for dinner, maybe I have a glass of wine. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know why some people just think, like, when I go to a concert and everyone is obliterated, I'm just like, how are you even enjoying yeah. this experience? I went to see, I saw you 2 when they played um, at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. As we're walking in, the police are taking a guy out who's just obliterated. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking, why would you buy your ticket? Drive the whole way here. Parking was insane. Yeah. You had to park so far away from the Rose Bowl, walk to the Rose Bowl, and then get so smashed that you don't see one second of the show. Why I, would you do that? That can't be I, fun. I, I don't understand that either. It's not even a good, it's only a good story when I tell it. That guy tells it. His, people should say, well, you're an asshole. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. And uh, I, I, I've heard so many stories like that from so yeah. many people. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about doing Zappa Play Zappa, too. People come up and say, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get it. I saw your dad play, and I, I just, I didn't get it. But when I see you guys play, I get it. And uh, and then they go on to say, but you know, I was really high when, yeah. I, you know, I say, yeah. well, that's probably why you didn't get, get it. it. Yeah, you, know? you probably didn't get a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, but uh, it wasn't just my dad's music. It was just everyday stuff. You probably didn't get anything. Yeah. Uh, so there's one thing to fix. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, anyway, uh, I think that. It, it is strange that there's uh, so many people that sort of rely on these kinds of things to 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 think they're enhancing everything when they're not. Yeah, and my I grew up watching my dad do what he did, make music, and and I was just amazed that it really just was this creative process, yeah. and it was a, a nonstop. I mean, he had so much. Uh, depth and variety to all of his music and the ideas that were in, in all of this stuff. And I just, I'm amazed even now as, as I learn to continually keep learning some of the music, I just don't know how he was able to keep that, that constant stream of new ideas yeah. always happening. And, you know, there's so many people in the world of rock music that heavily relied on drugs to mm -hmm. be able to, open their minds to, to, to be creative. And like, so I have so much more respect for the person that can be just simply creative. You yeah. know? It's like, if you have ideas in your head, that's what's crazy about music is 
first you only hear it in your head and it's like taking this thing out of your head and then putting it on a plate and giving it to people you yeah. know it's it's the weirdest concept are you uh, do you play guitar every single day I sometimes when uh, I'm off tour, um, I might not even pick up a guitar for three or four months. Wow, you know, so um, it really just depends. I, I have so limited time yeah. uh, a lot of times, and so I, I, it's always a balancing act of like mm-hmm. how I can spend time with my wife and kids and all that stuff. Are the kids musical? They are just getting into some stuff. It's funny to see what their musical taste is, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, this is a classic, though. My my, I have an eight year old and a and a six year old. Boys or girls? Two girls. Yeah, I have and, two girls, uh, yeah. fourteen and ten. Oh my god! So yeah, yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, but I also have a um, uh, stepdaughter who's twelve. You know? Okay. So, but here's here's the thing that is uh, is so funny is um, they know about my dad's music and they know that I play it and they mm-hmm. know about my music and and guitar and they have this idea in their head that they know that I'm pretty decent at guitar you know so that's the same idea i have in my head i'm like a 12 year old girl (laughs) yeah so 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 they hear that stuff and they're like dad that's that's your music you know (laughs) like that that's music for you you know and and i said well what's your music and then they get this big smile on their face and they go and they get their their kindle thing that has the ability to connect to the internet and they pull up this video and it's a miley cyrus song (laughs) And in the song, um, they they pull up the one part that they they have discovered, and they do this little dance routine. And uh, I don't know the rest of the song other than this one line that they were so excited to sing because they sang it, and I laughed so hard. It was <laughs> like a fucking orangutan, bitch. <laughs> And so, you know, they were like, Dad, that's your music. This is our music. And orangutan bitches, what we listen yeah. to, pops. Yeah. And so, you know, they're just like doing this whole thing and they're, they're dancing and doing crazy stuff. But now do you tell them not to sing that like when they're at other people's homes? Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, I, it's, uh, it, it's just so funny to me that, um, that, they, they they don't have any idea what they're talking about. Right. Or, no, no, like no. They, they, there's just something it's about just words. it. They it's know, just words. They just know that it sounds a certain way, and, and, and they get a certain reaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, ooh, this is like, you know, a little bit dangerous for me to, you know, <laughs> say this or something. But <laughs> Thank um, you, Miley. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it's just, uh, it, it's funny that, you know, the six-year-old is like, Dad, your music is this. Our music is this, you know. Oh, so you like the fucking orangutan bitch song? Okay, <laughs> you know I get it. Uh, let's hear real quick on uh, your third album, Confessions. Uh, you did a Beatles cover, which I think is pretty cool. This is Anytime at All. You have you have uh, guest people on all over this album. You have Warren yep. Demartini, you have Steve Lukather, Donny Osmond, Gary Sharon, uh, co-produced with uh, Nuno Newton yep. Court. Yep, uh, Zach Wilds on here. 
Was it was it easy to get these people back then? You just like did your dad have a Rolodex? Did you run into these no, people? No, these were people that I ran into and uh, was friends with. Um, uh, so that was kind of the thing when I was making the record. It's it's when when I've had the opportunity to, to be in a studio and then you have friends that are good at certain things, you say, Hey, you know, come on down. Let's, let's have some fun in the studio. And so that's just how that stuff happens. But you know, it's funny, uh, the Beatles stuff on this new record, I actually got to work with Jeff Emmerich who recorded most of the Beatles, nice. you know? Uh, so, um, one of the tunes that's on the record, um, has uh this classical string uh intro and and i'm playing fretless guitar on it and we can actually play a little bit of it it's the song right after dragon master so it's probably song number eight does it's, it have a title it's called truth but this one's not completely mixed you, you know I'll, I'll give you a little taste of All right. part of it parts but uh i gotta listen to some beatles people tell me they are great they're pretty good i gotta where would i start with them did i mean do they have like an album that where i would start i mean i have no idea about these yeah you know maybe maybe sergeant pepper sergeant pepper i've heard of that i know it's a movie i've seen the movie yeah is it as good as the movie movie? yeah the movie doesn't really set it up too good yeah i like billy shears yeah, right. you should check Uh-oh. out. Uh, let's skip ahead in that song to to the solo. I think it's um, I don't know, maybe almost three quarters in, because uh, it's a fretless guitar, and so it really has a, a very different kind of sound. And this is one thing that I've been working with lately, and it's super hard to play in tune mm-hmm. because uh, as you get up higher on the neck, there is very little space, and you have to learn to sort of play lines that you approach notes mm. to where you can use your ear to find when it's in tune. Why would someone invent this fretless guitar? Was it a mistake? Did it come off the, well, did it come off the assembly line? They're like, oh, this guitar doesn't have any frets. Yeah, give it to me. Let me see well, what I can do with it's, it. It's the same kind of thing as you know, a violin or, or mm-hmm. you know, that, you have this ability to slide into yeah. notes and you know, have this special vibrato and stuff, but it's, uh, 
on a guitar, it's just really, really hard, you know, just because of the scale length of it, just mm-hmm. to, to get the, the pitch right. Um, but uh, let's see if we can find the solo. Right. Go, yeah, there it is, but you got to go back just a little bit. Come on, Kyle. Yeah, just yell go. at him, Dweezil. instruments i'm gonna say you're getting there yeah you're getting you're you keep get, keep going yeah. i think eventually mm-hmm. this is going to turn into something yeah. for you yeah it, you know <laughs> it feels like it yeah. um is it now other things i want to mention you were in the ozzy osbourne shot shot in the dark yeah. video mm-hmm. was were, were they what was ozzy just a mess during that period that uh he he seemed to be uh Functioning pretty pretty normally at that at that point. Yeah, now this know? is the Aussie when he had highlights in his hair, yeah. hair and he was wearing glittery stuff. I don't know oh, who yeah. I don't know who said Aussie. This is the new look we're going to go for. Yeah, it was it was the the tail end of the glam scene mm-hmm. for like glam metal and all that kind right. of stuff. You know, it's a shame that there's there's. I mean, he probably he wasn't even old back then, but they were probably like you got to keep up, Aussie, with these new guys. So. Yeah. Let's put some hairspray in your hair. And yeah, well, you know, he uh, he would have been fine if they told him he had to wear a dress. You know, <laughs> he would have done it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Ozzy Osbourne, I I love the stuff that uh, he's done over the years. You know, uh, he's got such a unique voice and the melodies yeah. and stuff. Uh, there's some awesome stuff I, on, on Sabbath and the you know the early um, Randy Rhodes records. I love the No More Tears album so much. I just, I yeah. love that album. I just, I really do. I, that's great to me. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really pretty cool. I mean, uh, for all the, the kooky stuff that we know about him too, but uh, the, the actual stuff that he's done uh, musically uh, is pretty unique. Why? Well, I wish Ozzy would have grown up in your house. He would have been drug free. Well, you know, he came over a couple times, and he was, uh, I know he met Frank throughout the years, mm-hmm. but uh, he came over one time, and I remember him talking uh, to Frank and, and saying that his, you know, the music was, was, like, really hard for him to understand. His favorite song of Frank's was a song called Big Leg Emma, <laughs> you know, which is... Uh, that sounds like an ACDC song, Big Leg uh, Emma. There's a big dilemma about my Big Leg Emma, uh-huh, mm-hmm. That's well, the lyric. It seems like your dad d- d- didn't suffer fools. I mean, did he? Was he able to? Was he able to talk to Ozzy and be fine with it? Or yeah. When he left, was he like, oh, man, what a waste no, of time? You know, that's 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 the thing about my dad was that uh, he was actually very fair with his judgment of things. As okay. soon as you know, but he was he was also very sharp on it. So if if he pretty much knew right away this was not his cup of tea, he's not going to waste his time right. on something, you know. I imagine if you were in Frank's band or touring band, there was 
was there, was there a no drug policy? Yeah, yeah. And if you did do something like that and you got busted or whatever, You're done. yeah, you, you know, he had a, a zero tolerance. Yeah, he had a, a phrase in the band which was window or aisle. <laughs> you know, because that's pretty much you're going home. You know? um, is it true that uh, that Eddie Van Halen taught you some guitar? I actually did get to learn some stuff. He never gave me any formal lessons right. or anything. But um, the first time that I met him, uh, he had called the house and um, wanted to talk to Frank. And he came over like maybe a half hour later. Did you answer the phone? Uh, my mom answered okay. the phone. And then she's like, some guy saying he's Eddie Van Halen. I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> well, so, at what point in Van Halen's career was this? What, what album do you uh, think it was? Right before Diver Down was okay. released. You know, so... It was when he came over. He might as well have been backlit with a smoke machine, and he was like a superhero, you know, coming up the stairs. I was like, "This is the coolest thing that's ever happened." I can tell you, I've met many, 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 many celebrities and rock stars. Uh, you know, Daltrey and Springsteen, a whole bunch of people. And the only person that I ever got starstruck in front of was Eddie Van Halen. One night, uh, my friend Jimmy and I we were at uh, House of Blues uh, seeing Toto. Yeah. And he went to the, my friend went to the bathroom, he came, comes back, he goes, Eddie Van Halen's out on the balcony smoking. And I go, are you kidding me? I'm going to go over there and say hi to Eddie Van Halen. So I go over, and I'm, I'm not kidding, he had the bibbed overalls on yeah. with no shirt underneath. Yeah. It was like, it was like in, in Cream Magazine. Yeah. He comes walking through the door, and I couldn't say, I couldn't even speak. Yeah. I couldn't even speak. And then Gary, Gary Sharon was with him, because that was the, yeah. they were recording at the time, and Gary came through and then I went, hi, Gary. He's like, hey, man. I'm like, why did I say hi? I don't even know what I'm doing. You know when you just say stupid stuff yeah. for no reason? Hey, yeah. Gary. Hey, yeah. pal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't even speak. It was so weird. That That is crazy. Are you still a Van Halen fan? Uh, you know, I mean, I'll never not be a Van Halen fan right. for what he's done on the guitar. You right. know, it's just uh, he, he's done so many cool things. Did you like A Different Kind of Truth? You know, uh I uh, a lot of those songs uh, are uh, some of the older songs, right. and you know it, it, I thought it was cool to be able to hear uh, them get, for lack of a better term, back to the formula of the old yeah. stuff uh, because it, it's just uh, those are the ingredients that everybody loves about. You know the music. It's just yeah. cool to hear them play that kind of right. stuff. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty solid. I, I had low, very low expectations, yeah. and I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, like, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, they pulled it together for that album. But you know, I I pretty much judge uh, all the Van Halen stuff based off of Fair Warning. For me, that's the, that's the, the best. Yeah. That's like, the I, that's the first time I saw them was on that tour, and they could not have been better. It was phenomenal. When I think yeah. of Van Halen live, I think. Of that tour because it's so great. It's insane, you know. Uh, it's totally different now, but yeah. I mean, that what they were doing then mm-hmm. it's like untouchable. You know, you couldn't. Nobody could do what they were doing then. Who are uh, Who are some of your other guitar influences then or now? Um, I think. Thanks. Um, the uh, ov- overall, I like uh, a lot of different kinds of mm-hmm. of playing, and um, so. I mean, for things that I've been listening to maybe over the last couple of years, uh, I like the phrasing and playing of, um, uh, you know, a bunch of different guys. But like, uh, for example, I like Alan Holdsworth's guitar style, Mm -hmm. not necessarily everything about all the music. I like that he can uh, 
navigate his way through these sort of twisted contours of things, you know. And so uh, people that have that kind of phrasing ability I, I like, and there's, there's different players that uh, do stuff like that that are maybe not that well-known to some, some other listeners, but there's a guy named Tom Quayle that's really good. Never heard that name. A guy named Tim Miller that's really mm-hmm. good. Nope. Yeah, Tim is um, a teacher at Berkeley, and uh, I saw some of his stuff online, and I said, I got to take some lessons from this guy. <laughs> this guy's amazing. And uh, so uh, I ended up contacting him through his website, and we became friends. And now we're actually teaching together at this guitar camp in Montana later oh, cool. this year uh, called The Crown of the Continent. Um, have you taught kids how to ever? Have you taught kids how to play guitar? Yeah, I have a camp that I do called Dwizilla, and it's uh, it's kids that are uh, yeah, it's it's kids and and adults and uh, but a lot of kids come to I do uh, classes before every show. Okay, uh, at oh that's so uh, that's very cool. We do like a, an hour long guitar class before soundcheck. How do you and, sign up for that? Uh, you can find the mm-hmm. information on my website, thedweaselzappleworld.com. Is it like $2,500? Like, for example, if I want to meet Kiss and get a VIP ticket, I have no. to pay like uh, ten grand. No, it's the, it's the amount that you would pay for like a, a cheap fuzz pedal or something. That's you know? terrific. And so that's what I try to do with it is make it so that it's like if you, you – if you're going to buy a pedal, you know, you could buy a pedal or you could buy some information that can help you enjoy, you know, music a little bit more for the next, you know, little stretch. But the thing is, so many people were asking, how did you learn your dad's music and change your technique and all this stuff mm-hmm. to, to do what you do? And so I just started making classes. And, and now, actually, I just did a thing for TrueFire.com, which is a great guitar lesson resource okay. uh, website. And um, I just did two uh, courses for them that are coming out around the same time as the record. So it teaches a lot of the same stuff I've been teaching at the camp and and at my uh, classes um, um, before the shows. So it's it's something that I decided to do. That was, that's nice. That's a nice thing. Yeah, it's it's been fun. You know, usually one of the things that I, I like to at, at, at shows is if I see kids in the audience, which. We see them, you know, periodically. It's usually an older audience, but, right. you know, sometimes you'll see kids uh, under the age of 12 or somewhere in that. Any, anytime there's a kid that's from 5 to 15 mm-hmm. and they're, they're visible in the front, I bring them on stage. I oh, just, nice. I, like, I'll stop the show. Even if it's the very beginning of the show, I'll stop the show and, and bring the kid up. And uh, People love that. The crowd loves that when, well, the, when you do that. The thing that I do is I always make them play an instrument. You know, so uh, if they oh, actually you mean like during the song that you're going to play, I stop the show and I, I bring them up and I said, you play guitar. And if they play a little bit, I'm like, all right, you're going to play guitar. And I, I, I put my <laughs> guitar on them. And then if they can't really play, I actually like take their hands and I, I basically work them like a puppet. OK. You know? And so I stand behind them and I just I start playing. But the band will just improvise something based on whatever whatever they're playing, and so then eventually I let the the kid just take over, and you know, uh, and uh, that's so cool. But it's it's really fun to to do stuff like that. that. Might be the best part of your show. It, it, it's super fun. <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> um, let me. Uh, what was I going to say? What was my next thing I was going to go to? Is um, uh, we do a thing here called first listen. Yep, and um. What uh, I write, I write reviews for a, a website called Pop Culture Beast DVD CDs, uh-huh. and sometimes I'll get someone, something will come in, my, in the mail that I've never heard before. Yeah. So what I got this week is, uh, is that's the cover. 
looks good. It's uh, Audrey, the, November sixth. Yes, his daughter. I guess the the artist's daughter did this, and the artist is Anthony W. Rogers, and the album is called Wrong. So what we're going to do, Dweezil, is we're we're going to play some of this. I've never heard it. Kyle's never heard it. Okay, you've never heard it. Nope. Let's play, uh, the first song is called Compromise. So let's hear a little of Compromise, and then we'll all weigh in on what we think of this. Okay. I don't know if I like that. Okay. Turn that down a little bit. What Some the, what? dude thought that was a good idea. That's the lyric there. Uh, <laughs> See the thing about it is, you know, when you have when you have the uh, responsibility to say something about somebody's music, you got to take into consideration the time and effort that goes into this stuff. Exactly, you know? it's the same like when someone sees a, a bad movie, it took just as much time and hard work to make a bad movie as it does to make a good movie. Same with music. Yeah, uh, but uh, you may not get it straight on the first listen, and that's right. that's not what music was designed to do. Mm-hmm. Like the, people's modern uh, idea of music is, if you don't like it in five seconds, then it's not worth listening to. That makes sense, but that's not the real you know thing about music. Right. You know? So this is very difficult then for you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what, I mean, the, my point is that I like to give everything a fair shake. I mean. And a fair shake would be to listen to this entire thing front to back. Yeah, because I mean, here, maybe a couple times, yeah, or, or at least at least listen to a song, you know, from start to finish. Because the thing about it is, there's so many times when I've I've over the years met with you know A and R people or whatever. And oh, those they, people must they, be fun. Oh, they're the worst, you know. <laughs> so, so the thing is, like, people say, "How would you have rebelled in your, in, you know, in your family?" I said, "Well, to become an accountant or a lawyer, or the very worst, an A and R person." Wow, you know. So because typically these are people that have no ability to right. do anything, but yet somehow fail upwards and and uh, and, but they just say the and dumbest those, things those ever. People are everywhere. They, yeah, well, uh, there's one guy one time was listening to something, and he, he would say, you, do you mind if I only listen to the first five seconds? I'm like, be my guest, you know? Uh, <laughs> so he's listening to five seconds of something, and I was like, great. <laughs> like, as if tempo has anything to do with the composition, you know? They and have no idea what they're talking about. Just complete idiots, <laughs> you know? But they're getting paid to do something, you know? I don't, I don't get it. Not anymore. No, you know, not anymore. Like, those, those people are few and far between. Yeah. Hey, let's be judgmental one more time and listen to another something by Anthony Rogers and make Dweezil squirm. And, you, and you're giving this away, right? I'm going to give this away, yeah. You, you can email me at uh, rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. The first person who emails me and says, uh, I want that Anthony Rogers album. This is actually, it's vinyl. Yeah. And then they also sent along a, a CD. So you'll get the vinyl and the CD. Let's give this guy another shot, though. Let's hear something called Crunch, just because I like that title, Crunch. I like that tempo. <laughs> Great tempo, man. <laughs> this sounds totally different from that last track. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I do like this so far. I wonder if this is an instrumental. 
Crunch sounds like a good title for an instrumental. On here it says crunch. I don't know. I don't mind that. All right, turn that down. Yeah, and here it says crunch, and then in parentheses, blues for Mitch. Does it say that on that? Uh, no, it just says crunch. They might be abbreviated song titles on here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there you go. We gave you. Uh, well, you can hear that there's some Beatles and Pink Floyd influence yeah. in those two songs. So, mm-hmm. now who's this Pink Floyd of which you speak? This is yeah, another band. I've yes, got a. It's a. It's a small gentleman. Um, he's he's really short. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Floyd, and he has. Um, uh, you know, he's been slapped around a lot, so his skin little, is quite pink. pink. Yeah. All right, I might have to check that guy out too. Let's hear some. Uh, you and your brother. How do I say? Is it Amit? Yep. That's Just right. like that. Yep. Done. Done. Um, you guys uh, put together a combo in the, in the, in the 90s called Z. Yep. I liked inside the album. It was A-Z-D-Z. Yep. That's pretty. Who came up with that? That's funny. Uh, yeah, that was another one of those things. Hey, we should do that. But then you can't really do that because ACDC has pretty much a lock on <laughs> what that looks like. Right. You know. But uh, this is an album. Uh, the album is uh, Shampoo Horn. I saw you yep. guys at the Park West. Yep. Fantastic show. Uh, Dweezil kept his shirt on for maybe a song and a half. Yeah, it was hot. And, and then you went, you went Billy Idol on us. Uh, shirt was off. Yeah, I remember uh, back in those days. Uh, you know, they had uh, all these venues had so many crazy lights yeah. on stage, and it was unbearable. So, <laughs> let's hear uh, Jesus Clone from Shampoo Horn. This is your brother on vocals. Yeah, Amit. Yeah. right into rubber band let's hear some rubber band too that's also fretless guitar see you're getting it yeah this sounds very van halen like this the the drums the guitar yeah and it's uh it's what's cool about the fretless guitar there is you can hear like if i hit a harmonic it's like you can pull the harmonic that's why it's called rubber band it feels like it's elastic when you're playing very nice look we're learning today folks if you're listening, grab your fretless guitar. Everyone's got one. And then let's jump to the next one. Some, sometimes you guys would bust this song out. Let's hear this one. Oh, baby, baby. Oh, yeah. It's really heavy. Yeah, here we go. That's better than the original, without a doubt. Kyle, 
Pretty great. Uh, your brother Ahmed, he was like, he's, he's, he's the real crazy one of the four children, correct? Uh, he's probably a little bit kooky he's sometimes. He's super extroverted. Yeah, he, you seem very introverted. Not here, but I think in life. I, I like to uh, play the straight man to the crazy mm-hmm. person. You know, in the, in that scenario, we did a lot of stuff on um, Conan O'Brien's show uh, when that show first started. Yes, and, and uh, so you know, Amit would always go crazy, and then I would. Yeah, I, I just, would, I just saw a clip. Yeah. Uh, you guys were playing Jesse's girl. This yeah, is, with Tamari the ostrich. Yeah, uh, and and your your brother just ran up into the audience. I don't uh-huh. know if they were ready for that, the cameramen. But uh, yeah, well, uh, we went on there. They used to call us to come on there just randomly. We were never promoting anything. We and, just would go on. And, and you would and wear pajamas on there a yeah, lot, or what it yeah. appeared to be pajamas. Uh, yeah, because it was late night TV. Oh, I get you. you. Know? Okay. And then uh, so, uh, but then. Uh, there was one time when um, we went on there, and it was around Christmas, and Amit made the fatal mistake of telling a story about Santa Claus that basically made us uninvited guests for for future episodes. Because uh, he, he told this story about, you know, Conan said, well, what's it like Christmas at the Zappa house? And Amit started crying, and he said, well, Conan, you know, when I was like eight years old, I was waiting up for Santa, and um, all I remember is I woke up, and my butt was bleeding. And he basically said that Santa had ass-raped him. Yeah. Well, they could have edited that out. They no, didn't. They, they didn't. They, they actually they didn't. They bleeped, they bleeped him saying, my butt was bleeding, mm-hmm. but that was, that was the last time uh-huh. that we were on that Why show. Why didn't they just edit that out and have you back? Um, I think somebody... Got offended by that. One of the A and R people somewhere, <laughs> yeah. But you know, we did do some funny stuff on there. There was like a there was an episode where um, Kenny Rogers was on and uh, the Gambler, as we call yeah, him. That's right. And um, we Amit had stashed a Kenny Rogers wig behind the couch, and so we knew that <laughs> uh, Kenny was the first guest. And then we came out, um, and Kenny was still sitting on the couch. So Amit transformed into Kenny. He dove over the couch and came up with a Kenny Rogers wig on, and then uh, he told Conan, "I'd like to be addressed as Kenny from now on." And so, if Conan tried to speak to the real Kenny Rogers, Amit would totally interrupt. And I'm sure the real Kenny Rogers was really into that. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't really that excited about it. Um, but then, when they we we did this uh, this uh, song. Um, with him where it was uh, Lady and they sang it to each other like it's a written duet. by Lionel Richie isn't it uh, no it's a, uh, it's a I think Lionel Richie wrote that song uh, I think he probably had a different song but I'm pretty this is the, the Kyle uh, you go to the Wikipedia while uh, Dweezer continues uh, it would seem strange that Kenny Rogers uh, would have a big hit with a Lionel Richie song but you know okay. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of songs with the word Lady in the title but anyway, they sang. Wait, 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 Kyle, you got something? What? Yeah, written by Lionel Richie. Yeah, nice. take that. Yeah, yeah Dweezil. That's nice. <laughs> it was. It's really written. I knew yeah. it. I have, a, I have a music podcast. I know stupid stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> Lionel Richie wrote this great song for, for Kenny Rogers that we performed on Conan. Okay. And what happened was... Amit changed all the lyrics by the time that uh, we actually did the show. Cause did you know he was going to do this stuff, or would he oh, just yeah. do it? You yeah, didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kenny didn't. No. Uh, so uh, here's the thing. Kenny was super professional, because they, they had to do a, 
um, sound check, and Amit sang all the the proper lyrics at the sound check. Certainly, he did. Uh, but uh, he Amit was singing a bit out of tune, and uh, you know, so Kenny, um, before the the song starts, mm-hmm. you know, he just kind of leans over and he hums the the proper pitch for the starting note, you know. And uh, so that was like a classy move, yeah. you know. And then here goes Amit and takes it to a whole other level about, and starts singing about Kenny Rogers Roasters, chicken restaurants. <laughs> and like he starts giving Kenny a lap dance, you know, during the, the song. And Kenny just was not. Please tell me this is on YouTube. It probably I is. I have to go find this on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, so Kenny was not super psyched about that part of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we did some other stuff. Like we, we did a Black Sabbath song with John Tesh on there. That's great. Uh, yeah. He, he came out with one of those uh, guitar, like the, the strap on yeah. guitar things. And he's about like seven foot nine. Yes, he's like Frankenstein. He's a monster. Yeah, super tall. And he came out and he was rocking out and his glasses came off. And um, John, it, he has a sense of humor though, John Tesh. He's totally yeah. he was into it. And well, you know, we set it up too. Uh, so we were on the show we, and uh, Conan was saying, well, what's up? And we said, oh man, you know, you had John Tesh on here and he's like our, our idol, man. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, it's such a dream to be here in the same building with him and and you know, I mean, if if there's one thing, if we could just, if we could, if we could just do a song with him or something, that would be the coolest thing. And so the curtains part, and, and the, he he's is. backlit with the smoke machine, Love and it. he's like, "You guys know when he's Sabbath, you know?" And then we start playing the Wizard from Black Sabbath. I think the Conan Show needs to get you guys back on right now. You guys need to go over there. Yeah, that's, why don't you just show up and see if they'll yeah, put you on? That's the kind of stuff that we used to do. There, there was there was one other time that was kind of uh, we did a really stupid thing where um, uh, we we made it so that Amit couldn't speak unless he had guitar accompaniment, and so <laughs> I had this guitar and I would just play stupid things, uh-huh. and then he would talk, and then I would stop playing, and then he would just get really upset because you know, and he would point to me and like. And I would pretend like I didn't know what, didn't he, was know what he was talking about. about. <laughs> and then so then he would run over to Jimmy Vivino and like make him play something. And then he, and so Jimmy would play something. And then he'd yell over to Conan, Conan, you tell Dweezil to start playing guitar again. I'm sick of this. You know, he'd be like I need him. You know, and so and then Jimmy would stop and then he couldn't talk he'd be anymore. Frozen so, again. Yeah. This is great stuff. I love this. Yeah, stupid stuff. What? Um, so I, why, why did the Z Project just uh, just, just got busy with other stuff? But you know, in the '90s. Um, Music just sort of uh, became, changed. Yeah, it changed yeah. so much that like the the guitar playing and all the stuff that I had learned to do was really more like a party trick yeah. at that point because you know it became more about people that couldn't play anything were yeah. were more in favor. So I I pretty much stopped playing music for a while. I, I was doing other things. I, I was uh, I started. Um, checking out uh, music production stuff uh, and engineering and um, was starting to do film score type mm. stuff. Oh, um, cool. And uh, I really wasn't planning on making more records or going on tour yeah. or anything, but then the whole Zappa Play Zappa thing sort of came up and I, I, it changed a lot of stuff. But that's when I got back into actually playing a lot. Uh, let me talk about Z, then we'll get into Zappa, play Zappa. When I went to see you guys in Chicago, um, Z, I took a friend of mine who is, like, he'll, he, you know, for him, music is like, uh, yeah, I like some Journey songs, and I like, you know, yeah. but he's not like, 
he doesn't seek out music. And, yeah. So so that's the person I that I took to the show. Yeah. And he had a great. T- he thought it was just you guys were funny and it was entertaining and we we had a great time. He loved it. I mean, I was really yeah. into it because I knew the music. Yeah. And he just he just loved it. And then I remember after the show, you guys uh, you guys were out in the lobby. Yeah. Signing stuff. And here's here's what I remember. This is and this brings up drunk people. Yeah. Um, you were signing some stuff for me, and another guy comes up. And I think this was kind of soon after Frank had passed. Because it was 94. Yep. Yeah. And this guy was like, just kept going on and on about your dad. and But just on and on and, you know. And and at first, and you guys were very nice. You guys were like, oh, thank you. That really means a lot to us. And he just kept going and yeah. going and going. And then I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, yeah, they get it. They get it. And he was like, soap. Like, I thought yeah. there was going to be a fight. And when I said, yeah, they get it. They get it, sir. And Amit was behind you, and he kind of gave me a look like, thank you. <laughs> and uh, my friend is big, so yeah. that's why I shot out yeah. off yeah. my mouth. Yeah. But it was like, I'm like, oh, my God. Shut up, you drunken dick. Yeah. It's just you so get frustrating. That, you get that stuff sometimes, but it's it's always easier to just ride it out and right. be like, you know. Well, that's uh, what you do. My GPS doesn't go yeah. to the high road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so I was angry for I was upset for you guys. That's why I was like, oh, shut I just try up. to keep a sense of humor about yeah. it all cuz you know, I'll I'll have people uh just do stuff all the time that uh you know, will probably make other people uh fly off the handle, but you know, it just ends up being a silly story at the end yeah. of the day for me. Um, That's that yoga you do. It's keeping yeah. it all uh, centered. <laughs> but there's there's people that that uh, make horrible mistakes and try yeah. to say, um, oh yeah, you know, I uh, I met your dad. Uh, he, he was he was pretty cool. Uh, please tell him I said hello. Like, oh, well, Jesus. that's not possible, um, you know. It's like, wow. But not everybody knows, so not, you can't. So, but then when you have to explain it, no, no, he really did pass away. Yeah, you that's know? awkward. Like, yeah, when somebody wants to argue with you and like, uh, nope, pretty sure I'm correct on this one, <laughs> you know. Why would you argue that, yeah. you yeah. idiots? Yeah, it happens, though. Um, you're, uh, you had an album out in 2000 um, called Automatic. Yep. And I love this. This is a nine-minute song. We're going to play about eight minutes of it. No, it's, uh, it's nine minutes, 17 seconds, called Purple Guitar. Yeah. Was it was it about a purple? Did you have a purple guitar? Is it's, it played on a purple yeah, guitar? Yeah, it's played on a little purple guitar. This is phenomenal. Let's play yeah. this. Play some of this. I love, and I, I'm not. Oh, it sounds great. Oh, what happened, Kyle? <laughs> I'm not a big instrumental guy. I like I like lyrics because uh-huh. I can sing along yeah. in my car. Yeah. But your instrumentals, I have to tell you, I love them. Oh, I appreciate. I that. really love them, and this I really love the song. There's a song too, Kyle. I, don't, I have a time code in parentheses. Do you know what song that is? Or did we already pass it? We passed it. Okay, no problem. Like when I read this, this is an instrumental and it's nine minutes long. Yeah, I think in my head, oh, I'm there's yeah. no way I'm going to stick around for this. Yeah, and I totally stick around for this. It's great. Well, the the kind of musical joke that's happening in this is that there's there's one simple riff and then in between the simple riff, there's there's these licks that get played and they just keep getting longer each time. Yeah. and so that's kind of the the joke of the form of the song. I love it. 
it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Uh, that's from 2000, uh, unavailable, because Dweezil yeah. won't get off his butt and put this stuff on iTunes. That's right. My, my dad, actually, that was, that was one of his favorite songs. He saw us play live, and he was like, you guys should open with that one, you know? So uh, Open up at nine minutes. Yeah. I would do it. I think he was right about that. Um, Go With What You Know came out in 2006. Uh-huh. This is my favorite album of yours. Oh, I think you really, you really nailed it on this one. Thanks. I love, well, you know, I, there's there's a lot of different stuff. As I made records, you know, they uh, you can tell they they don't sound anything alike. So I was always just doing like whatever was something interesting mm-hmm. to me at the time, which is basically what my dad did. You know, he yeah. made records that he liked, and if other people liked them, great. You know, uh, so but I I never was saying, oh yeah, I'm just uh, I got to make uh, a record, and they always have to sound right like this. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of stuff on that record that um, that I, I think uh, worked out pretty good. But the new record uh, again has nothing to do with any record I've ever made in the past, and and most of it's all vocal tunes. So you'll be happy about that. <laughs> and you're singing. Yeah. How do you feel about? Are you are you comfortable singing? You seem like I, someone that you're very comfortable playing guitar, singing. You're not might I, not be that I'm comfortable. Not, with. I'm not a big. Uh, I never wanted to be like the front person, right? You know. So, uh, but on the songs on this record, they just uh, they ended up being something that made more sense for me to sing. Okay. Um, and we can play a little piece of uh, of one after this if you want to check it out. But uh, it's not. Uh, it's not something I ever learned how to do properly, you know, so that's something I probably should uh, work on. But because, um, uh, you know, I, I like singers and I like, you know, the, the sound of all that stuff. It's just not something that uh, right. I've, I've ever said, hey, you know, let me spend a whole lot of time getting really good at this. Right. I just never. Now, I like when you sing. I, yeah. I don't want to make yeah. you feel like, oh, well, he's, he can't really yeah. sing. No, I like how I like yeah. when you sing. That's why I was curious yeah. if you were going to sing. So. Let's uh, let's hear something from the new album that maybe has some vocals on it. Sure, if you want. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I actually don't know which number this would be. I'm going to guess. Try track three. Okay. Well, this one's actually uh, not the one I was thinking, but this is actually uh, interesting. Does it have a title? This one's called Rat Race. up a little bit. This rat race, this rat race, this rat race is gonna get in your face. Ripping the wheel, ripping the wheel, hands on tight just to get the feel. Speeding on the road, what's the world go by? Got a smile on my face and a cancer wine. Money to earn, money to earn, I want money, money to earn.
uh, again, I'm calling this all rock solid exclusives because no one's heard this stuff yet, right? No, uh-uh. Did, um, what's your, you have a, you have a home studio, obviously. I have a little, yeah, a little small, uh, workspace. How's it compared to this? What we got going right here? How's it compared uh, to? It's not that much bigger. Not that much bigger? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. I like the people that go. You make a you can make a record in your you know in your in your office now. Yeah, just auto tune it and put it out there. You probably could. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you get some of those kids that are at that recording school. Mm-hmm. And they're like, see, that's what they used to use to make drum beats. Man. <laughs> um, but there's one other song on here we should find. Maybe it's either going to be track two or it's going to be track uh, four. But I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, this is it. What's this one called? Humming. Humming. This is one of my favorite ones from the record. But they're all your babies. You don't like one over the other. Well, sometimes. He's barely alive. People quit on him, but he's trying to survive. You sound nice on this, Dweezil. You wouldn't know that by your speaking voice, but this is very nice. other instruments on some of these songs too or are you strictly guitar i play banjo and oud <laughs> you can't run from what is coming it's called life baby that's what's coming in your ear it's a strange ride it'll throw you for a knock you down and pick you back up again so there's that one, you know, lots of different sounds. What uh, what was that after banjo? What was the other thing you said? Oud. What is an oud? It's uh, probably the most ancient instrument that uh, is similar to a guitar. It's an Arabic uh, mm-hmm. instrument. It's, uh, um, it's got strings like a, a 12 string, like they're doubled strings. Okay. Uh, they're nylon strings, you know, uh, and it's fretless. Mm-hmm. So it has this crazy sound. It's, it's actually the sound of what um, is at the intro of Dragon Master. Neat. Uh, uh, so it's a really cool thing. It's, uh, it's uh, over a thousand years old. And banjo, that you don't play banjo like you play a guitar, or maybe you do. But uh, I don't. In this case, uh, it is a, a um, an instrument that's tuned exactly like a guitar because okay. I can't play a traditional banjo. Because uh, that's picking. That's a lot of... Yeah, but I, I played it on a, a couple songs. Um, and you're strumming the banjo? I'm just playing some uh, mm-hmm. note parts. There's one part where I did a rhythm part on the banjo, but um, the song that has the banjo in the main part... Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's track five or six, uh, but it's um, the song is called "On Fire," and my wife sings on it, and my kids sing. On oh, it nice! Too. Yeah. So, oh, it's this one also has banjo later, but uh, but this isn't the one with your wife no, and kids. Keep no, going. So this, is, this is it. Well, that's I like that. You hear the banjo in there? Yes. My wife singing right there. 
I keep inside the things I feel And it only makes it worse I like this too I fantasize about you and I And I can't escape the thoughts We're sitting on a train The ride is insane There's a woman who's eating A tomato like an apple And your clothes on Said it before, I can't Coming up, the kids, you gotta hear the kids. Oh, we gotta hear the kids. Yeah. It must go back to childhood, or maybe it's just you. I'd go beside you, hypnotize you, itemize your things. He'd sit atop the tallest tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, and your clothes would still be. On Here fire. come the kids. On fire. On fire. <laughs> That's nice. She's on fire. You're on fire. There you go. Uh, I'm jumping around a little bit here. I, back in the 80s, um, when you uh, became known from MTV and, and had your solo, first two solo albums, did were any of the um, did any metal bands try to bring you into their fold? Like, were you ever like contacted by like any of those bands? Like, oh, you know, uh, CC just left. So, do no. you want to join Poison? No, none of that stuff happened. No. I always thought I'm, I'm like, I yeah. wonder if any of these bands ever tried to get Dweezil nope. in their unit. No, I nope. never, never. Uh Early um, on, maybe it was around 87, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. He oh, left, yeah. and it was like before Power Station and all that stuff. He had done a solo. Thunder. Uh, yeah. I uh, love that album. He had asked me to uh, do a tour and play in his band, and uh, he was he had a few shows opening for David Lee Roth or something, mm-hmm. and somehow or another it didn't end up working out, but... Uh, but that was, I think, the only thing. That was the only time? Yeah. Um, Zappa plays Zappa. This is, uh, this is you going out and paying tribute uh, to your dad's catalog. How did, yep. how did that come about? Was it your idea? Did someone come to you and say, hey, maybe you should do, try something like this? How did it, was it all your idea? It was pretty much uh, out of this frustration from recognizing that um, a lot of people didn't know that much about mm-hmm. wh- what my dad's music really was or who yeah. he really was. And uh, after he passed, there was a lot of stuff um, that was sort of uh, in the media that was trying to rewrite history in a way mm-hmm. that just didn't make any sense. You know, right. So, for example, in Rolling Stone, they uh, had some portrait of him smoking a joint and I'm just like, you know what? This is fucking bullshit. Do you call yeah. Jan Winter at that at that point? Do you give him a call? Uh, I mean, I just was really annoyed with that. I don't, I don't know that guy. I'm not a fan. But, um, yeah. but the, uh, uh, the, that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, it's totally inappropriate yeah. and and wrong. And then it's pure fabrication. 
Yeah, but but the thing about that is, uh, his music sort of got the, a similar treatment in the in the sense that the stuff that people were somewhat familiar with mm-hmm. was uh, you know casual exposure to songs like uh, "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow" or "Valley Girl" or Bobby or, Brown, yeah, or some of these kind of songs that if they got on the radio, that's the that's what people know. So. Right. Uh, but that doesn't represent the rest of his right. music at all. So to a degree, his music and him as a persona became uh, like a novelty act to yeah. a lot of people. And that was frustrating to me because I, I thought, you know, there's so much more that's undiscovered. Right. His music to me is from the future. There's yeah. stuff that you hear that's on a record that's 50 years old. Like his first record... Um, Freak Out is going to be 50 years old next year. That's insane. And there's a song on there called Who Are the Brain Police, which still, you hear it and you think, how did this ever happen? Yeah. And it still sounds like it's from the future, you know. But Well, your dad was really uh, the first, in my opinion, independent recording artist, right? Yeah. He, 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 Barking Pumpkin was the family label. Yep. And uh, just kind of did it from the ground up. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's he, pretty incredible uh, stuff. Yeah, he did a lot of great, you know, amazing things. But so Zappa plays Zappa became, um, you know, I, I, I had heard people that were under thirty. You'd bring up the name Frank Zappa, and, like this kid, and, and right some here, people twenty-five. Would, some people would say who, and so that just was also uh, frustrating. Uh, yeah, it was it was unfortunate because uh, I I just thought. There's generations of people that uh, should have at least the opportunity to discover this music, especially in a live situation. So what I wanted to do was put a band together to go out and play it. And uh, so what we've seen over the years, because I've now been doing this for a decade, um, is that the audience has gone from being mostly 60-year-old guys to now, uh, you know, a a pretty wide cross-section of people. That's cool. But one of the, the key factors in this thing that the goal that I had to reach a younger audience, um, at least there's one prime example of where we know that it's worked is that, uh, the keyboard player in the band who's now 26, mm-hmm. he joined the band when he was 23 and he had never heard Frank's music before. He saw us play it yeah. and then got into it and up to a point where he was like, I got to, not only do I want to play this music, I want to be in that band, yeah. you know? So that's the whole point of, uh, creating this opportunity is to, to let people hear the music and see how it fits into their mm. lifestyle. Uh, you know, even in this day and age, it's not music from the past. Yeah. It's, it's music from the future that's current or from the future. Most of it is, <laughs> you know, but so my, my whole other situation with that too, was that I wanted to make sure that it was played commensurate with the way that he played it. Yeah. And, and that it's, it's this, uh, respect for the the compositions as they are written, you yeah. know. So the example I always give is sometimes people think, oh, well, if you're playing somebody else's music, you got to change it, and make it up, you know, do your own thing and yeah. modernize it and whatever. And that's not really the case with this music because you really have to treat it more like classical music, yeah. or and the band is more like a repertory ensemble and almost they, like pass around the charts here. Everyone get these. Parts well, correct. Yeah, well, because the, the the analogy is that if you have a you know an orchestra, mm-hmm. their job is to to carry forward the tradition of the music that's on the page. Right. So the, you know, you you hear some music from Beethoven and it's unadulterated. It's 
that's how it was written. Yeah. And people respect the fact that this is a piece of art. You know, it's written this way, and let's respect the music mm-hmm. and play it as it is on the page. You know, so you don't have orchestras around the world right. trying to get a new audience by bringing in Kanye West right. or something to say, yeah, Beethoven, yeah, one time, you know, and uh, so you don't, that's right. just not what is happening to to try to bring that music into the future, you know, yeah. so. Well, I, I want to tell you this, I, uh, I recorded an episode recently, it hasn't, this episode is going to drop this Thursday. Uh, the episode that I'm talking about will drop in a couple weeks. Um uh, a friend of mine was doing a Kickstarter yeah. uh, so that he could revamp his uh, his website, and he asked me if we could put a rock solid incentive there. So the incentive was uh, you could come and co-host the show, yeah. and you could pick the topic. So a gentleman, a uh, listener from Switzerland, Frank Biernut, uh, he flew in. We recorded, and his favorite artist is Frank Zappa. So the whole episode yeah. is Frank Biernut playing his favorite. Frank Zappa songs. That's crazy. And he wanted me to tell you, uh, he wanted me to tell you that um, he has seen Zappa play Zappa many, many times, and he wanted me to tell you that you are doing good work. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. basically, he thinks it's phenomenal. That's great. Yeah. So, Well, you know, we try hard. I mean, yeah. this stuff is like training for the Olympics to learn this stuff, you know. How much rehearsal goes into it for you? Do you, do you know uh, it now? Is it embedded in no. the, DNA, the DNA yet? Or? I mean, I, I am familiar with the music from listening to it, but that doesn't mean I can pick up a guitar and just play it, right. you know. And so even stuff that we've played a lot over the years, if I don't play it for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it is gone. Like a completely, like I have to relearn it all. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not an easy thing yeah. uh, unfortunately the song that i have queued up to hear a little uh, uh of zappa plays zappa is uh is a song that like you said uh people might assume is is like a parody song or a funny song it's yeah. broken hearts are for assholes okay but uh so i'm sorry that that's the one that's, i chose that's all right but um and when you bring the five-year-old up on stage when you see a five-year-old yeah. out in the stage yeah. and you know that this song's coming up do you think Ooh, okay. No, no, because I mean, I, I grew up listening to it. It's just a song. That's true. Know? That's true. Yeah. Okay, let's hear a little bit of Broken Hearts are for Assholes. a lot of misery Take a while and you will see Broken hearts are for assholes Broken hearts are for assholes And you're an asshole Broken hearts are for assholes And you're an asshole too How many people in this touring band? At that time there were eight Okay yeah. um, Who's on drums? Joe Travers When, uh, as a musician, when you have a bad show, what makes it a bad show? Like when you guys walk off stage, what, cause I always wonder that, like when I see a concert, there's a handful of concerts where as an audience member, I was like, that's not wasn't a fucking good show. But for the, but how, what, what is it for uh, the musician? Uh, or is there something every night that you go, oh, I wish we would have done this or we would have hit that? No, the thing about playing my dad's music is um, it has this, and it's part of the structure of the way that he wrote his music mm-hmm. is that you have two disciplines that are happening. You have the structure and the fundamental things that you have to to execute, the, mm-hmm. the, the through-composed parts, and then you have 
the improvisational elements that mm. can be anything. Yeah. So every night there's something exciting and fun that, that can take place in the challenge of playing the hard stuff and then also the improv. So mm. we really don't have what we feel are a bad show right. based on, you know, you can have elements that might be, uh, difficult to deal with because yeah. equipment fails or something like that that would be what i would say would be like a, okay. a bad show for for something for us where we're struggling to limp through uh, playing hard material with you know not being able to hear things properly yeah. or something like that so but but with all that being said you know we take it very seriously that yes. when people come to the the show they're coming there as uh, as an escape. They've paid money to see this thing, and we want to make sure that we're playing the music the best that we can, and and having a good time and smiling, and and you know because who wants to go to see a show where you know somebody's thrown a fit? You know, <laughs> no one. Yeah, it's just dumb. I uh, when's the next tour? When's the next? Is it Apple actually starts in a couple of weeks. You know, so are, there, are you in rehearsal mode right the now? The band is in rehearsals. I've been still working on the record, and I have. Uh, I have a ton of rehearsing I have to do. I'll be basically cramming for for this. Like it'll be, I'll have a bunch of eighteen hour days ahead of me. Do you uh, do you know when you're coming through LA? Um, it probably won't be till later in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some talk of maybe doing a show at the Greek Theater, mm-hmm. but I'm not That'd sure. Be great. Yeah, I like and that then, venue. And when I email you, I, I get right in that show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Terrific. I just want to have yeah. that on record, people. You heard it. Yeah. Um, the new album is called. Tell us one it's more called time. Via Zamata. Via Zamata. This is coming out. What's the release date? It's, Do we have uh, a release date? The second week of May. I don't second know the exact of day of that, but yeah. People that went on Pledge Music, they're going to get it first, and then other people will get it later? Yeah. Uh, that's the release date for the, the Pledge okay. campaign. But, uh, and you can still go on to yeah, the site? Yeah, you can pledge and, all the way up until the second week of May. Um, and so that's uh, that's a good plan if anybody wants yes, to please do check it out yeah and then um when will, music when will, dweezil zappa project yeah just google pledge music and dweezil zappa and it'll come right well, up we can put a link yeah we can find a link Look, that sounds up. like a, that sounds like a lot of work for us yeah. We've, we gave the guy come on we gave the guy t- almost two hours no he gave us two hours i'm glad that your wife was out of town and i'm glad that you you don't have your kids today i don't feel because i know that sunday is is, yeah. is Precious family time for a lot of people, yep. so I'm glad that we only uh, we only rousted you out of bed and yoga. Yeah, no problem. And uh, are you going to pass out? I know you haven't had anything. No, to eat I'm, yet. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll need to use the restroom. Yeah, after me too. Drinking all this water. We'll you know? cross streams. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, that'll be awesome. The um, first of all, if I want to tell people, Dweezil's apple looks exactly the same. He looks. He hasn't changed a bit. And I, I'm going to say you're packed with a devil, or it's this <laughs> yoga thing. You look amazing. Oh, I appreciate and, it. And I add son of a bitch is what I yeah, got to say. Yeah, I, I remember. Jesus. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I know I reached out a, a couple months ago. I think your wife um, said, oh, yeah, that would be great. And then uh, and then I didn't hear anything. And then you reached back to yeah. me, which, which is good. People don't always do that. And I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we really just don't have like a whole group of people uh, on, <laughs> on it. And it's like it's, stuff falls through the cracks all the mm-hmm. time, you know, and it's just, I mean, even if I wasn't doing the work that I do just with day to day family life, yeah, you yeah. Know, lunches like, and school pickups and all that stuff. It's I know insane, it. So, um, also the Facebook artwork this week was done by Jason Levy. I'll show it to you after we're done recording. Jason, I, I you did a great job. I love, I love the, the pictures of Dweezil you picked and I love the font. I love everything that you did. So I appreciate that. Uh, 
Dweezil, yep. thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm going to play out uh, with a song from Go With What You Know called Chunga's Whiskers. Okay. Is Chung, was Chunga your cat? It was one of my cats, yeah. One of your cats. Yeah. I, we, we just, I, we've never had a pet. I, we just got a cat like a couple yeah. months ago. I'm a crazy cat idiot now. Cats are Picked awesome. that cat up. I rubbed yeah. that chest. Yeah. Well, the, I, there were two cats that we had. One was named Pimplamo Chicho, and then the other one was <laughs> Chunga. And uh, so... When they were really little, um, they would basically turn themselves into earmuffs. I would lie down, and they would come over, and one would go into one ear, and the other, they basically purr really loud into each ear. And it was like stereo cat purring, <laughs> these little kittens that would just, and it was the greatest, most hilarious thing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I have two copies of Go With What You Know. We're going to have Dweezil sign those and follow your Twitter feed, and we will uh, we'll give those away uh, this coming Friday. Uh, also, can we follow you? Where are you at on Twitter? Are you just at Dweezil Zappa? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I never even know what the actual uh, thing is, but yeah, that's me. How do you even get anything done? I don't, you yeah, just seem like, I a, I you, do might, get be too a lot you might be too laid back. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't really care about like, you know, social media all that much, you know. Right. Well, you need it, you need it with this, this whole pledge music is social media. I know. I've been doing that part of it. Uh, it's just my, I like, um, uh, we have the Instagram thing and all that stuff too. There's a little bit of stuff uh, on there. You need a team. I'm going to, you know what? I'm yeah. going to give you my resume because yeah. I think you need me over there helping yeah. out with this thing. Sounds good. Um, uh, follow us at Rock Solid Show. Uh, follow Kyle at Kyle Dotson Funny. Follow me at Pat underscore Francis. Go to uh, rocksolidpodcast.com to read Andrew Rich's uh, fantastic show notes every week. And um, just keep listening to the show. Like us on Facebook. And let's hear a little bit of Chunga's Whiskers. Thank you, Dweezil. Thank you.